This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. I'm Dan Staten. This is your blue collar, do-it-yourself, self-guided, public land, elk hunting learning curve resource, where we leverage hunting to create more personal development. Our goal is to educate and encourage our listeners to become the best possible version of themselves through hard work, delayed gratification, and being accountable to themselves. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. What's up, y'all? Today is a bonus cast. That's right. So we're going to drop this because we feel like people need to know more about the Wyoming elk draw process. And who better than somebody who lives in Wyoming and has hunted Wyoming their entire life. And uh, so Guy Eastman's coming on today. This is going to be a short, sweet 30-minute episode on everything you need to know about the Wyoming elk draw. It is currently open, and it does expire soon. So we wanted to get you guys this information right away so you can make your best decision. Uh, The Wyoming deadline is February 1st, and your results will be in May. And there's a lot of opportunity in there, whether you have zero points, several points, or you're joining up with a buddy who has points, or you're saving up for one of those blue chip areas. This is the podcast for you. So we're going to sit down with Guy. We're going to break this down for you guys. I just want to tell you a little background on Guy. Uh, Guy and his brother Ike are sons of Mike Eastman. Mike is is the son of Gordon Eastman. This is like one of the most legendary families when it comes to out west hunting. These guys have been filming hunts since before it was cool, before there was Instagram. Uh, So there's just rich in history and tradition. And when Guy speaks... I listen. This guy knows his stuff. So enjoy this podcast. And since we're doing a podcast, let's give you a couple of quick little discount codes to save you some money. And then we'll dive right in. So number one, the Elk Collective. That is uh, actually we have a, a whole episode with Guy going over October elk hunting tactics, what rifle he uses, 
what the winds usually do in October and how he finds big bulls in October. And so if you want to be a member of the Elk Collective, you should. It's 120 plus videos um, with uh, several different elk hunters coming on and sharing their best practices. It's unlike anything else out there. We wanted to make a virtual elk hunting course that was video driven. So that's the Elk Collective. Check it out. If you want to sign up, use the discount code Elkshape Podcast. That'll get you 25 bucks off. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about Eastman's Tag Hub. That's something that guys worked on quite a bit. And it's my go-to resource when I'm doing my state-by-state research and analysis and understanding each state's processes and their nuance. So if you want to check out Tag Hub, use the discount code Elkshape15 and you'll be balling. Numa Outdoors, that's my clothing gear for hunting. Discount code is elkshape20 link in the show notes treeline academy with mark livesey on digital e-scouting that is a total nerdy geek out online masterclass on how to use google earth gaia onyx base map bringing klms into your mapping software and how to go get boots on the desktop and figure out where elk live when you can't go scout in person so that's treeline academy use the discount code elkshape and you'll get the course for 99 Baku e-bikes. I just got a new bike and trailer. I can't wait to drop a video on YouTube about it. Uh, Discount codes ELKSHAPE300. That'll knock $300 off your bike purchase. Black Ovis is back in 2021, and they're going to do 10% off store-wide. Some exclusions apply. Use a discount code ELKSHAPE. Save 10%. Their customer service is top shelf. Stowaway Gourmet freeze-dried food. That's delicious and has good macronutrients. Stockpile now before elk hunting season gets here and you are left with Mountain House. Use the discount code ELK10 and that'll knock 10% off. Northwest Retention Systems, gun holsters for your chest, the Scout. That's where I put my Glock and then I put my binos over the top. If you go to Northwest Retention Systems, link in the show notes, find the Scout holster, Pick the one with the elk-shaped logo on it. You will pay no shipping and handling, and it's a five-day lead time regardless of your handgun selection. Two more. Wilderness Athlete Elk-Shape 30 will save you 30% off your first purchase. Make sure to get Hydrate Recover, like seven or 800 tubs of it, and then get the energy and focus. Don't forget a multi. Vortex Wear, that's Vortex Optics clothing line for working out, for scouting, for lifestyle. Use the discount code elk shape and that'll knock 20 percent off your purchase let's get into it with wyoming elk draws with none other than guy eastman hey guys welcome to the elk shape podcast we are going to do a bonus cast today because uh something fell into my lap called guy eastman uh who knows a thing or two about wyoming and a lot of you have had questions about the draw so we're going to start off by, we'll introduce Guy a little bit if you don't know who he is, maybe you're living under a rock, and then we'll go right into the basics and then we'll go super advanced geek out stuff. Guy Eastman, what's up, brother? Oh, uh, not much. Just uh, enjoying the nice mild weather we're having, so it's good. Yeah, what's, yeah, do you think that'll stay or, you know, old man winter is going to kick in? I've seen it like this before and then February comes and it snows every day for the whole month of February and March, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys are based out of, uh, you know, what Powell, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right down this road from Cody. So West Northwestern Wyoming. Are you doing everything in your power guy to keep Wyoming pure? And when I say pure, I think you're the last state left, maybe South Dakota in second <laughs> place. Like you're the last state like that is the real deal, man. Um, and I know, you know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, you know, it's it seems like we're being encroached on more and more every year, right? Every day now with people moving in, but it's uh, there's still a lot of wild places and public lands to hunt here in Wyoming. I think that we're very fortunate. We probably have the best opportunity versus quality trade-off of any state in the West. You know, I mean, Arizona probably has bigger bulls, but you know, they don't have near the elk population or amount of tags available that we have. So we're, pr we're pretty lucky all the way around. That's cool. Uh, you're not going to brag on yourself, but there, I don't know anyone who's probably killed bigger bulls than you. I mean, you've, you've been at it for a long time, you know, Wyoming inside and out. So uh, we're going to have to try to figure out where to start for listeners. I think there's a lot of new hunters to the, to the elk hunting game made probably from COVID, honestly, I know that all the archery companies are up three, four, five hundred 500%. They can't keep up with the demand. And my email inbox will support that theory. Questions nonstop, like super beginner rookie questions. And guys are, gals are out there wanting to know. So we're going to help them today. Let's talk about the Wyoming elk draw process. I'm going to say it's, it's, my go, it's a must-apply state. I'll set the precedent here. I think it's a must-apply state for anyone wanting to have an awesome elk hunting experience. Talk us through the the basics of the draw process and how kind of Wyoming manages its elk herds. Okay, Wyoming uh, manages their elk herds through a blended uh, strategy. They have a general tag and also a limited quota or limited entry tags available, kind of like Montana does. So you can choose either route. If you have a general tag, you can hunt. I think there's like 40 or 50 different units you can hunt. And then uh, if you go limited draw, uh, limited quota, then it, that route, it's it's micromanaged area by area. And you have a specific quota, like uh, similar to what Arizona you know, would have. So a lot tougher draw, tougher draw odds, but better quality hunts um, for the most part, because you got, you know, it's limited, very micromanaged. Uh, those biologists really keep a thumb on it, whereas the the general hunts are more open area uh, hunts in that they're they're tougher country, rougher. You know that's kind of kind of the general rule of thumb there. Uh, good for the DIY guy who could get back and really get after it, but you know you're not going to see the elk volume or quality that you would in a in a limited uh, quota hunt. So that's the first thing you have to kind of do is decide which route you want to go. Um, you know, and then start gathering up points. Cause we do have a preference point system like most States. Um, the general tag will take you uh, one or two points to draw. The limited quotas vary from, you know, three points all the way up to, you know, max, which is I think 15 this year. So, um, you know, anything in between there, uh, we have 127 total elk units to choose from all included. So there's a lot of options in Wyoming. Yeah, uh, there is probably the best bet is for folks to, to look at the general tag and to understand, uh, someone sent me a message yesterday, seriously asked if I get a general tag, can I hunt all the generals? And so that's the kind of like level of not understanding how it works. So yes, but Wyoming has a little rule and you probably like it because you live there and I certainly <laughs> don't. But uh, it is what it is. So to explain that uh, non-resident rule, just for those that want to hunt generals, some of them, there's a nuance. Yes. The, Wyoming does have a wilderness rule or law where uh, if you go as a non-resident, you have to have, be 
uh, accompanied by a guide or outfitter into a wilderness area. So you can't just DIY bivouac in there. You have to go with an outfitter. Um, so you do have to watch out for the wilderness areas, you know, if you're hunting in Wyoming, not just for elk, but for anything. Um, and those are our designated wilderness areas. They're usually the deep, steep, deep back country. Um, there's a lot of forest around those wildernesses that you can hunt just fine. Um, generally, as a rule of thumb, if you're going to go in the wilderness, you're probably going to need horses to get to it. Um, so, yeah, it is. I don't agree with the rule. I mean, I'm, the residents love it. Uh, it was a trade-off they made with the outfitters way, way back when um, to kind of keep us out of the transferable landowner and guaranteed license tag deal. So, you know, the hunters did give up a little there, but uh, in, in the end, I think it, it, uh, it is what it is. But, you know, a lot of guys get afraid of that wilderness rule and, and don't realize that how much country there really is to hunt outside the wilderness. Most of that stuff is really deep, a lot of grizzly bears, you know, like I said, for elk, you're going to need horses because most of the wilderness, you're not going to hit it till you get four or five miles in anyway. And so, you know, you're talking yeah. 20 mile in, will in to get in there and hunt. So that's horseback country there usually. So when we look at the general tags and where they're located, could you potentially give us like a forecast or, or an overlook as to because I know Eastman's Forever has had their blue chip. They have like a, a grading system, which is right. super friendly. If you guys haven't checked out Tag Hub, do so. Um, and I'll explain more at the end of the podcast. But you guys have a pretty cool systematic approach to judging hunts based on opportunity, quality. Is there a way to like say, all right, Wyoming, you start from the south and work your way north, especially if you head northwest, the bulls get bigger but they're few and far between the country gets like, what are some general rules of thumb for Wyoming and elk and opportunity versus quality? Okay. If you, for general rule of thumb, if you want the biggest of the big bulls, you're going to hunt around Cody, the Northwest corner and some of the deep, maybe some of the deep uh, wilderness areas around Jackson hole, uh, which you'll need a guide for. But for the most part, all those areas on the Eastern front of the Rocky mountains, are where the big bulls are just because the country's just the way the country is. It's great habitat, mild winters. I mean, it's pretty easy street for the bulls. They can get real high and deep in the summer, but they can get down low where we don't get much, uh, much weather for the winter or it, it blows off. And so it's just, I mean, if historically speaking, if you're looking for Boone and Crockett, you know, the big of the big, that's where most of our Boone and Crockett bulls come from is, is right around Cody down to, to Thermopolis that all those areas there's probably you know 61 58 62 uh, 64 63 51 all those units that kind of border Yellowstone and the big wilderness areas are where you're going to want to want to target those areas will probably take you 10 to 15 points to draw um, one thing we need to to I need to explain a little bit to Dan is I know you guys you kind of deal a lot with archery and Wyoming doesn't have a lot of bow specific hunts for our, for bow hunters. Um, it's kind of uh, when you have it for, for the most part, there are a few, there's a handful, like 16 or 17 of them. But for the most part, all these areas that I'm talking about in particular, if you draw that tag, you're going to be able to hunt all the seasons. So you can hunt the bow season. If you don't get anything. You can come right back in and hunt the rifle season. And so it's, it's, 
it kind of sucks because you're you're drawing tags or having to draw a tag with the rifle guys if you're a bow hunter. But the good thing about it is less than 10% of the residents in Wyoming bow hunt. So if you have a tag, it's got a hundred, uh, you know, an area that has a hundred tags on quota, you're going to be competing with less than 10 people during bow season. I mean, it's going to be a really high quality hunt, but you're going to have to try to draw with those rifle guys too. So it's kind of a trade-off, but guys, a lot of bow hunters, when they're first getting into game in Wyoming, they're looking, where's all the bow hunts? You know, most states break them out, have their specific tags for bow hunt versus rifle but wyoming doesn't do a lot of that in the bighorn mountains there are some type nines yeah. and a few over here on this side and they they generally take less points to draw so if you really dig into the research look for those type nines you can you can usually get a, a little bit better uh deal on a tag a couple points less than than some of the wide open draws are so Wyoming basically classifies their hunts by types or type of hunt. They yeah. got the type ones, the type nines, the fours, the fives. Type one times, and two is usually bull or any. Type yeah. nine is archery only. And then all, everything in between, type fours, fives, sixes, that's antlerless cows, cow tags usually. We don't have any muzzleloader hunts. So. Generally speaking, if you, if you draw a type one, can you go down in some units and pick up a type nine for a few extra bucks? No, the type nines are, are their own, you know, their own uh, hunt. Wyoming does not allow uh, hunters to have more than one bull tag a year. Um, so once you, you draw, now some, there is a way sometimes to also have a cow tag. If you really play the game, really get into the, the weeds on some of this, you can <laughs> get a bull tag and a, and a, you know, type four or five tag. Um, it, it's pretty rare. And I think that door is kind of closing me as a resident. I can't, I can do it, but I think the demand, like you talked about earlier, the demand has gotten so high spe specifically for our antlerless hunts yeah. that they're pretty much selling out in the draw because whatever Wyoming can't sell during the draw, they put up for a first come first serve wide open. And that list is shrinking drastically in the last year mostly because of, you know, of COVID, I think, that there's just less tags available in that leftover draw. Mm. So. Well, let's kind of classify some opportunities. Let's say, let's go with our most common case, which is people that haven't experienced Wyoming yet, or they have very little elk hunting experience. They're not a veteran. What kind of strategy would you suggest uh, to approaching Wyoming? And here's why I asked this guy. I know a lot of people that hoard points in other states, but they don't hunt elk every year and they end up in a situation with a good tag and they don't know shit about elk hunting. And I would hate for that to happen. So what's guys advice been in the game forever. People need to get reps elk hunting. Do you feel like the best way is to try to get a general tag and just get to Wyoming? Just a general tag experience alone could be better than most states best over the counter tags. Yes. I I talk to a lot of guys, believe it or not, Dan, that have hoarded points for a long time. They go, they finally get enough to draw one of our blue chip units, which is our top ones. They go on a great hunt. The next year they put in for a general the next two years, they draw it and they go on that hunt specifically bow hunters. And they, they come back to me and say, man, I should have just been hunting general. You know, I wasted 15 years, or 10 or 12 years waiting for this great tag. And it was a great hunt, but the general hunt is, is pretty darn good. I mean, they will, 
you honestly, in some of these general units, they will kill, you know, a 350 bull in most of those units each year. Um, you know, if you hunt hard, especially bow hunting, when there's not a lot of pressure, you can get in there, you know, kill a 250 to a 320 bull pretty regular once you get to know the area. Um, I would say that, you know, when you're talking states like Oregon or even Washington, you know, I think Wyoming's general elk tags almost as good as about anything they have there. Definitely anything you guys could draw out on the West Coast for 10 points or less. You know, so I think don't overlook that hunt. And the good thing about it, once you unlock the key to that hunt, learn the area, get your spot, get it figured out. You can hunt there every other year if you really try, you know, dial in and go for that special tag. See, Wyoming has a special draw on a regular. The only difference is the price. So that's how they kind of control the demand. So if you go in that, that special draw, you can knock a, a point or two off each of these units just because uh, they're going to ding your your card for a thousand bucks instead of 600, you know, so that's the difference. If you're willing to pay, it's kind of Wyoming's idea of supply and demand, but uh, you know, those are some of the real details, fine footnotes that you have to deal with in Wyoming, but don't overlook that general tag, especially if you just want to get out there, see some great country, you know, you got 30, 40 different units to, to choose from. Um, and a lot of those general hunts have rut hunts for rifle. You know, a lot of those over on the west side by Jackson, they'll open the 20th of, of September for rifle. So they'll give the bow hunters a good two or three weeks from the 1st to the 15th or 20th, and then they'll let the rifle hunters go at it. So I, I don't really know anywhere else in the west you can go on a general hunt for a rifle within the rut. I mean, that's, that's pretty rare. You know, Montana, there's clear in October. Colorado season structures all over the board. They don't have general hunts. Um, there's a few maybe in Idaho, but Wyoming's pretty unique that way. I think hands down, Wyoming is the best state when it comes to managing and the draw system, except the whole thing they did last year. They took the draw. Us non-residents have to wait five months now to figure out if we were successful. I used to love Wyoming. I would know right away and I could start making other arrangements. We'll talk about that in a second. I do want to clarify folks, the, re the, the non-resident, regular, and special are the same tag. You're, you don't, your tag's not special. It's just specially more expensive, like $500 more. Yeah, one's drawn there. Same deal. Okay. Um, let's talk about the, the folks that um, maybe have less than double-digit points. Uh, they're in purgatory. They have enough to do something, but they're like, well, maybe I should hold on. And then there's this thing called point creep. Um, I know my advice but I'll be curious to hear yours on folks with like, say less than 10 points, but they, they're more than five. What, what's their strategy? You know, I think it, it depends, Dan, on how old they are um, in the game. You know, someone like you is younger, you got some years to go, you know, that's a tough spot. That's six to eight points. Cause you're always two. you feel like you're always two or three away from a better tag. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're always fighting that game. You know, I would say, you know, if a guy's older really needs to hunt that year, then there are some pretty decent options. They kind of six to seven points is where it breaks over to the first group of pretty good hunts. Then you get to eight to 10 is another group of even better hunts. And then you get to the best hunts, which are 12 to 14, you know, so it's kind of tiered that way, but there's some pretty good green chip hunts that I would suggest. I hunt almost, you know, for those of you who don't know, we grade these hunts green, 
or blue chips the best, then green, then uh, yellow is marginal. And then of course, uh, orange would be closed. But I hunt most of my hunts in the green chip units. You know, I, we don't have points as residents, but I don't go for the really, really hard to draw stuff because I just don't want to wait 10 years or maybe never hunt. So I spend most of my time in those mid-range hunts that take a lot of you guys as non-residents, maybe six to eight points to draw. There's some really good hunts in there. So I think if a guy's older or he really wants to hunt, there's some decent options there. Um, you have to watch out because some of them have access concerns. Um, unlike most states, other than maybe Idaho and Montana, Wyoming does literally have elk from corner to corner the entire state. You know, Colorado, theirs are kind of concentrated mostly down the center of their state, you know, or, or Utah is the west side of their state for the most part. But Wyoming literally has every elk in every single corner of the state. And so you got to kind of watch that because as a rule of thumb, the further south you get and the further east you get, the more private it gets. Most of our public land is to the west half of the state and then, you know, northwest corner in particular. So, but there's some really good hunts to be had out in those desert units, I call them, which are more in the center of the state. That's in the southern border of the state. Those are up and coming. Uh, and they have been for the last five or 10 years with just more and more elk. Uh, that, that's typical mule deer habitat. And the state tried to control the elk down there. And it just, because with all the ranches, it was too difficult. And the elk have just kind of exploded and taken over. So they've yeah. just kind of just let it let the elk have at it and now they're just trying to manage it and a lot of those are some pretty good hunts especially for the bow hunter but they're pretty hard a little harder to draw but you know an older guy who ha who has po a lot of points or is willing to wait till he has a lot of points there's some great hunts out there especially for a bow hunter it's not rough country it's more cedar juniper rolling sagebrush uh but can be a really high quality hunt with not a lot of physical effort you know put forward you'll see a lot of elk chase a lot of elk especially in the rut in, in september i want to finish with some specific questions to the draw process so uh -huh. why why did wyoming kick it out five additional months obviously from my lens it's like well we can make interest off a lot of money in five months but <laughs> what about like flyovers and actually like figuring out tag allocation what the country can hold um, and what harvest numbers should look like. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's why they did it. They've been kind of threatening to move that deadline later because the, the outfitters liked it early because, it, well, same reason you did, because they knew if they had clients right off the bat by, you know, the first week of February, everybody knew if they had a tag or not the first couple of weeks of February, I guess. And, you know, they could make their plans. The problem is Wyoming doesn't do their herd counts till winter, till about now. So what they were doing is they were just estimating based off the last year. And they, if the herd came up a little short, they would take them out of the resident quota. If it came up a little heavy, they would give the residents extra tags. And so I think they realized that that was kind of probably a recipe for disaster at some point. So they wanted to have a better idea of what they have on the ground and their counts and their herd population and their objectives and buck bull to cow ratios. So that's why they moved it later. You have to apply by the 31st of January, but they don't actually do that draw till much later in the year now. Uh, I, I fully expect them to move that whole process later into May with the rest of 
of the uh, with the uh, the deer and the antelope. Um, yes. Yeah. But it, it uh, I know it does kind of suck because you don't know if you're going to go or not. They're holding on your money because that's another thing. Wyoming makes you up front all the money, so they got yep. your cash. They're hanging on to it for four months, and you don't know if you're going or not. And as a little bone to that whole thing, they kind of threw you guys. You can actually modify your, your <laughs> clear up, you know, till later in the year. Uh, so you, as long as you applied by the 31st of January, you can go in and change your area, your selection uh, for a few months after that. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel your pain, man. While, and I really think they lost out on some revenue with that because guys just, they were the first application out there. Guys had money, they wanted to apply. And then they would, if they didn't draw, they get their refund check and go give it back to Wyoming for deer and antelope or go use it somewhere else. And now they're, they're hanging on to your money. So I think, I do think that'll change in a few years. I'm hoping. Let's talk about uh, party applications as well as sharing points in Wyoming and how that works. Wyoming does have uh, party applications like most Western States. Uh, you can have up to five people on there. Um, and you, they average the points, but don't round. So if you have five guys with four points, you're going to all have four points. Um, you know, if you put, you have 12 points and someone has zero, you're going to average to six, but they don't round it. And so if you have, you know, uh, that yep. thing comes out to the decimal point of, you know, your point oh 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 one more point than the next guy, you guys are going to get it. Um, Another misnomer guys think is it, it does not increase your draw odds. That bundle of applications is given one application number and treated as a single app in the system. So you don't, if you have five guys, you don't have five chances to draw. You're treated as one. And if that draws, you all draw. And Wyoming, even if it goes over the quota, say there's only one tag left on the quota, and it picks you up and you have five guys on there, they'll go ahead and issue four extra tags. And then they'll take those four tags out of the quota for next year. So that's why when you oh. actually look at their data, it's really crazy. It can be crazy because they can have five, 10 tags available in the area, but actually issue 12 tags or 11 tags. And then the next year there'll be nine tags available instead of 10, you know, so it all comes out in the wash over time over the long haul, but they will make adjustments. So, um, you know, some states will block you out. Sometimes if there's only one tag left and there's five of you, it'll go to the next guy. If he's just a single, you know, they won't overrun their quota. So that is one, one good thing about Wyoming. All right. The last thing is just to, to maybe paint a real clear picture of the draw process. So um, I'm going to use e like really easy numbers for you guy, I'll throw you some softballs. Okay. So we got a hundred tags available, hundred oak tags available. 80 of those are going to Guy and all his resident friends and family. 20 of them are going towards my posse, all of us slappy non-residents. Okay. So let's talk about those 20 tags that are set aside for, and that's, that's pretty generous in my opinion. A lot of states don't give that many. Um, it's actually so, 16 for elk. It's 20 for everything else. Is it? Yeah. For okay. some reason, I don't know how they got that number, but it, it the, the, the non-resident uh, allocation is actually 16% for elk. For, so yeah, you guys are fighting over 16% of the total pot. Okay. So then there's 16 and then they take that number 
and they split it uh, uh, 60 40. Yep. Is, is that so 60% goes to a regular draw? Yep. 40%, 40% special. for people that want to spend more money. Yep. And then they split that again 25 75. So 25% goes to a random draw. Yep. And 75% go to the highest point holders. And that, that chunk will just, they just go down the point, the preference point list, highest to lowest till they run out of tags. Uh, but that 25% of that pot does go into a random draw. And that's, that's another thing we didn't talk about is just because you don't have a lot of points, you can still draw a tag in Wyoming, even in a hard to draw area, if there's enough tags to have which there usually is to have a few random draw tags. Cool. I feel like that paints a way clearer picture for folks looking at Wyoming. You have to do your due diligence to some degree. Uh, I just recently started using tag hub um, over. I had used other platforms like go hunt and whatnot. And I've really found tag hub to be pretty like straightforward. And you know what the most valuable part for me is actually reading every state's overview. Like it's a long you know what I'm talking about because you probably yeah. wrote them all. But I like you click on Wyoming and I, I sure I want to look at the graphs and charts and filter. But the first thing I do is I read the several pages of I think you wrote it, guy, like going yeah. over the entire state and explains it so well. Yeah, I think I would suggest anybody uh, who's especially just getting started, read that first before you get in there to the data, because it'll it, it will really help you kind of outline some of a lot of things we've talked about here, how that's broke down, how it works. Because once you get into the data, you can kind of just it gets your hair hurt just looking at that stuff. If you, especially if you don't understand how they're breaking all this down, because Wyoming has so many different draw pools. By the time they split all that up, you're talking four different draw pools for non-residents. Um, so yep. yeah, I would suggest anyone read that those uh, intros before they get in there. All right, guys, we are delivering the goods as promised. We try to stay on top. We, we try to be basically a leader in the pack when it comes to legit content and content is king and this information is invaluable. I want to say thank you to Guy for taking time to not only come on this podcast, but to also afterwards record a whole segment on rifle elk hunting in October and his best practices. You can find that at the Elk Collective. Thank you for Eastman's team. And I really appreciate the Tag Hub. That's a great resource. Guys, thanks for listening. You have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts. And remember, separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.